Good gracious. I'm about to start singing some Nelly over here, dude. I'm so, I'm so excited. To be here with <laughs> dude, this is going to be such gracious. a good one. That line right there, uh, I, I got to say, good gracious ass is bonacious. Yes. Um, anyway, welcome here. in. Yeah, excited to be here tonight. Chat 10 Sports coming back to our usual humble abodes. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming in tonight, we were, we were live, as you can see here. I don't know if it's on this side or that side, but Tailgate Brewery coming through for us big time on Sunday. Chase, tell me about some of that food at, at, at Tailgate, because I can't I can't say enough. So I'm not going to lie to you. This is the first time I've taken a run at Tailgate, uh, food-wise. Yeah. So I go in, and I, I'm scouting out pretty hard. I am a definite walk-in and scout food. But also now, thanks to Instagram, I'll go on pre-show and yeah. find out what I want. And I see these waffle fry combinations because you got something different than I did. I got the I buffalo did. chicken. Yep. And when I see buffalo chicken, you boys going ham. I'm going to try it out. I'm going to judge you hard. And, dude, it looked so good. Mm-hmm. And uh, sign me up, my friend, because that was delicious. I'm going to get it again this weekend probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's just how we do it how yeah, was yours it was wonderful got some carne asada like just freaking delicious and i'll tell you what like there's there's some cooking and then there's some actual like cooking cooking and i'll tell yeah. you this fries it's it's easy for any guy to go out and grab some french fries and put some cheese and some meat on top but this stuff was complex i mean great drinks the atmosphere yeah chattanooga titans fans will be there this weekend in case you'll be in chattanooga tennessee with us Chase will be there. I plan to maybe come back there early. I might be in Nashville for my granddad, uh, his birthday this weekend. But um, in case you're in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Tailgate Brewery will be there right next to the Chattanooga Choo Choo. I'm telling you, get there at 12 o'clock. What's what's kickoff this Sunday? 4.05, baby. We're, okay. we're late. Yeah, we're the late game, weirdly enough, for the so Houston Texans. Even better for me to come through. But, um, yeah, 3.25 social hour will be there. Get your seats. Get your everybody there and then plug in for the game. We'll have halftime giveaways with Brian Hager, Chattanooga Titans fans, chat Titans fans on Twitter in case you're there. Um, yeah, my guy Chase Green here. We're going to sit here and talk about some Tennessee Vols, Kentucky Wildcats, 7 o'clock kickoff this Saturday night. First time, and this is a stat I saw today, Chase. We'll throw this one out there. The first time since Kentucky and Tennessee have been both ranked at the same time since 1951. And you know what happened in 1951 for the Vols? W, baby. They won the Dadgum National Championship that year, which, yep. again, the stats, Hendon Hooker, people are talking about a lot of things are like, all right, now, not only does it feel like 98, it feels like 22 for what this team is, and it's exciting because this hypo, you know, energy offense. So excited to talk about some Vols there. Where are you at today coming out of last weekend with, with the Vols and kind of what we're expecting to see this next couple weeks? It feels like 51. I'll tell you that. It feels yeah. like 51, baby. Uh, feeling good. I actually thought, and I, I talked to you guys on Sunday about this. Mm-hmm. I actually thought that game, like the Vols would go down like 14 to 7 at some point. I, I knew you knew they were going to go out there and win, but like, are we really going to come out here and do this again? And I believed it. I was like, this is what's going to happen this year. They're going to have that one weird lay in game. And. They didn't do that. Yeah. I remember coming back inside and seeing 52 to seven. Yeah. And I legit, like, I took my grandma to brunch, took my mom to brunch and the whole thing. So we had the whole family inside. So you know, I was hanging out with her. I didn't, I was like, ah, today's a day I can kind of just peek around at the game score. 
And I'd look, but I guess I just didn't really keep up with time. And I was like, oh, we were having a fun day. Time might have just flew by. Uh, and I, so I was like, oh, I come back inside and I took out grandma, you know, had to walk her to the car and I see 52 to seven. I'm legit thinking, oh, this is like the end of the fourth quarter. No, no, no. no. First half. <laughs> First half. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, this offense didn't miss a beat. Yeah. Didn't freaking miss a beat. But that still doesn't take me away from getting a little bit scared this weekend. Well, I want to talk about it because last weekend the Vols went up 7-0 and UT Martin came straight back through and put seven up. I'm like, here it comes. Mm-hmm. And there are so I can't, I can't tell you, so many people I know who are just waiting for the bottom to fall out. And I'm like, man, and again, like chat10.com, if you've never been to our website, chat10 sports, myself, Chase, and others will contribute there as far as articles. But that's why I was writing the big orange adjustment saying like we have to get used to this period of like, hey, we are winning convincingly and we're playing sound, good football on all three fronts. And it's like, hey, when does the other shoe drop, right? I mean, that's what we're all kind of holding our breath for. Are you are you nervous? I mean, does 12 and a half as far as that line sound right for you? Because that feels weird to me being at home at night at Neyland. But how, how are you feeling as far as the actual spread and what are you anticipating to see as far as not, not score prediction, but just overall feel of the game? Um, honestly, that it feels pretty right to me, and I think that's I think it's really close. I actually have Tennessee winning probably by thirteen. Yeah. Um, I it's gonna be really really tight. I think until later, Ten- Kentucky just has this this knack for creating slow paced games. That's what they yeah. do. They very solid defensively, overall good running game. They're gonna slow the pace down. They're going to try to make sure Tennessee, like, where Alabama really, really attacked fast after Tennessee mistakes, I think that Kentucky slows that down. It's a slow, deep stab more than it is like a a shot to the heart. You know, it is a – it's a weird, weird way they attack that. You know, they held Mississippi State to a low score. Uh, They – yeah, they they're upsetting them, and I know this is not the same offense as. Don't get me wrong; I think this Tennessee offense is way head and shoulders above Mississippi State and Ole Miss, but still in the junction of kind of that fast-paced offense, high-powered. Kentucky's had a knack for slowing them down, and I think it is in a similar aspect to Kentucky's going to find a way to slow it down, but I still think Tennessee gets like maybe low thirty. Um, I could see for me, I have this like a thirty-eight. 24 game maybe somewhere around there maybe uh you know something like that i I, maybe about 13 14 is what i thought i was gonna go with so Mm -hmm. but i don't think they score i don't think they get in the 30s till later on i think that's kind of one of those like it takes a minute to get there yeah Yeah. see i I put up on twitter today 38 17 was my score prediction i think the vols are gonna i think this is that that game it can be that kind of game if i'm gonna put my money on it this is how i would bet in this hypothetical of if if Vols fans need the convincing game, right? Kentucky is a formidable opponent in the SEC right now. It's obviously not kind of shooting up as fast as they probably would like and Bob Stoops and, you know, it's Kentucky, but they're obviously yeah. focused on basketball and it is what it is. But they could legitimately come through and, and surprise people this weekend. And I think you, I think I agree with what you're saying. I do think the Vols are going to have a couple more of those explosive plays. And here's the thing. Jalen McCullough and Hyatt, or excuse me, and, and Jalen Hyatt both coming back is, or excuse me, who am I thinking of? Tillman. 
Tillman, yes, I'm so sorry. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I want to talk about this other topic as well as far as who is the best receiver on this team. You can debate that all day. But for those two guys to be coming back on both sides of the ball, obviously McCullough is getting through some of his stuff legally, and then and, and Tillman coming back from injury is, is significant because, crazily enough, the Vols are putting up all these crazy stats, and they don't even have their number one receiver, which yeah. is incredible. So all that to say for me, I – this game to me could be the game for Vols fans to have that moment where the other shoe doesn't drop. This mm-hmm. team is still formidably a sound, you know, team on all three fronts of the game. Yep. And Heupel can continue doing what he's doing. So that's where I'm at. I think that um, I think the over/under is at 61 right now. So I'm kind of, you know, I can We're see flirting like, with it. Yeah, I mean, I can see that being even like you're saying. I could also see it being something that is you know, lopsided in some ways. But, um, yeah, I definitely think the Vols are going to come away with it. I think, the you know, Steven Snyder coming in here. And, again, if you're watching with us, feel free to jump in as far as the chat, especially with the dark mode jerseys. Kentucky is toast. Are they doing the black checkerboard? Uh, I don't know if that's legit. Uh, I've seen a lot of people try for it. Yeah. I actually think it might just be kind of maybe a blackout. Yeah. I think that's what they might be doing, which could yeah. be could be awesome. It could look good. I, I don't know. That's it's always one of those things. Like at night, I mean, it's like is he look he's gonna look good. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, we're gonna talk about that here in a little bit in the fan or fraud. Okay. Okay. But uh, I I think that adds to it in a way. If if this is a noon game, um, in, in Kentucky or in Knoxville, slow something like that, then. I would be really worried about Tennessee, but I think that that night atmosphere, the black jerseys, Halloween, because, yep. you know, these boys win. That's going to be a fun Saturday night for them fellas. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I'm there is always the concern, the thought of it being a trap game, right? Like, I mean, it's yeah, you got you, Georgia you, next week. Exactly. And I'm thinking for Georgia, too, for Florida and the, and the biggest what is it? Biggest cocktail party in, in the country, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, Georgia fans, I think, are are. And I was listening to Josh Pate, which we could talk about Josh Pate, his his whole rankings, and just in perfect time, our boy Craig Story. Yeah, of course, like, yeah. Since perfect we were all talking old Pate on uh, on Twitter this week. Yeah, we'll get to that in case you're just watching with us. We're we're kind of dissecting and understanding how Josh Pate of CBS Sports is ranking current teams, which I did watch his video. It, it does make sense, like you're yeah. saying, but um, just interesting perspective. But um, the idea of the trap game for Kentucky and Tennessee because. Leave it like you know their their quarterback being a potential you know what top ten top fifteen twenty pick yeah yeah uh, yeah I guess so you know what I'm saying there's always that idea of just what if and I think mentally I heard someone talking about how you know obviously I think Georgia as the number one team has so much to prove this weekend with with Florida and then obviously next week with Tennessee if if we're still if everybody's still at the table like we're at right now. It's the biggest game of the year for for sure. Uh, yeah, and that's coming out of Alabama weekend, right? So I'm I'm just thinking though. Do you think the Vols in the hype of Alabama low weekend where they blew out a team like UT Martin that they could potentially overlook the the, the Wildcats this weekend? A little bit because I think this is going to be this is Kentucky Super Bowl in a lot of ways, um, and Kentucky has to win. Where the Vols technically like they can't, uh, uh, they have to win. I think they have to win. Uh, but 
there was there's still ways they could probably get in because then Kentucky could come out like it's one of those things that Kentucky wins this weekend, then they potentially have a chance to go against Georgia for the the East. You know, mm-hmm. it's like this wild train of stuff, and you're like, what? Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of wild that there's there's these scenarios even for Kentucky because they come out here and dominate uh somehow, some way, like because this is going to be a game where I, I've I've personally shit on Will Levis all year. <laughs> I think he's all right. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's an untalented, you know, t- typical, you know, whatever middle of the road SEC quarterback. I never thought he was like one of those guys. But I do think that he is way overblown because he's, he has a big personality. Like he eats yeah. mayonnaise in his, in his freaking coffee and all that bullshit. I mean, like, he is just one <laughs> of those dudes where Great I'm like, day. I was like, okay, because he's cool for game day. Doesn't mean he's a really good quarterback. He makes mistakes. He's got some talent, big dude, athlete, has some accuracy. Really, really bringing up their young wide receivers right now. Kentucky's got a couple wide receivers that could take advantage of a piss poor secondary for Tennessee. Um, But it still just kind of blows my mind that like Levis is like this guy for them. and you can see it's it's gone down a little bit. Like Levis is just a name. And they played well the last couple of weeks. I don't think he's fully healthy. He's probably 85, 90% from what I've heard, what I've heard, which you never know about those percentages, what they really mean. Um, so I, I don't know. It's one of those deals that from what I was listening to earlier from the Kentucky people, you remember those days. You don't want to lose your starting quarterback because by God, you don't know what's behind him. Yeah, I feel like Kentucky does this almost every time where they have a quarterback that seems to be a good quarterback and they over, you know, kind of oversell him or over, you know, they believe so hard and it doesn't come through. Yeah. And they're so Kentucky, right? I mean, like, still Kentucky. But I, I don't think it's a trap game by any means for what we're talking about in the sense of overlooking. I think I really genuinely think Hypel has this team mentally prepared. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference because, like, we talked about hell week one when we were getting ready for Florida week of like now we're talking about SEC football and to think of where we're at now where we've beaten Alabama, right? I mean, we've had an LSU where we might lose in Death Valley. Oh God, thank God it's a not a night game, which we just watched LSU. What who was it? They beat last week, Ole Miss. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and the and the Vols go in there and they do it. That's impressive. That's a an impressive resume on yep. several fronts, but. um I think it's one of those things that Vols fans just have to go through this weekend to be able to breathe and say, hey, we're the same team that we were against Bama, against LSU, against UT Martin, and here we are, and we're taking the next step, which makes me all the more excited for next week for, for Georgia. Not to overlook the Cats, but just that's the story's leading up. Yeah, go ahead and pull up Craig's okay. little comment here because Rodriguez, man, Chris Rodriguez, back-to-back 100-yard games. If the Vols defense, you know, Rankings wise, show that they are a dominant or semi dominant run defense right now. And that could be because everybody can just throw it on this Tennessee team and or and or they have to play catch up so much that they have to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. So it's a product either way that's winning for Tennessee. Doesn't matter yep. how they're doing it, it's it's working. So with this with Rodriguez, um, I don't know if he's as good as Gibbs, but he has a different style, and they've got a decent front. 
it could give Tennessee some problems. Like guys like Jeremy Banks are going to have to really, really play well this weekend, a linebacker, because Rodriguez will make you miss. And he's yeah. a freaking hoss, man. That guy can hit you. He's going to hurt you. You get a couple ugly first downs. It starts to slow the game down. gets Tennessee out of rhythm. That defense is reeling, you know, because I do think Tennessee's going to score on them. So it's one of those like, ah, we just had a long drive fighting against Kentucky, and then our offense doesn't even give us time to, like, take a breather. They score in seven seconds, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this defense gets worn down. Yeah. So that's the stuff that Rodriguez can do to you. And like Craig mentioned, like he worries you as much as Levis does because he got us last year big time. So oh, doesn't that let I me mean, I know I know we've done well against the run, but doesn't it scare you a little bit with a guy like Rodriguez? I mean, as far as the positional lineups, maybe yes. And if if they might have some success in certain spots, but I'm I'm looking and again, I'm not the box score guy of like, well, they put up X and we put up Y. They're they're putting up at best this season. Miami of Ohio in week one for them was 37 points. Youngstown mm-hmm. State, 31 points to nothing. And then against I mean against an LSU or no, excuse me, Ole Miss, who just lost yeah. to, to LSU, put up 22 points or 19 points. Let me see. South Carolina, they lost. Ugly. Yeah, but my thing is, and again, I don't want to read too much into just the scores, but it's like they're not they're not producing a ton of offense as far as points go. No, and that's, that's all the that's all the Vols are doing. Where this this yeah. feels like it could be an LSU game again, where if the if they get out quickly, I feel like if the if the Vols and I don't know that we have a muffed you know opening kickoff type of thing like we did in LSU, they seem to have just quit in LSU. I oh, think they got smoked. Yeah, yeah. I think Kentucky has the fight that can, like you're saying, it can they can keep you around like a Rocky Balboa enough to make you worry, right? Mm-hmm. But I think this offense for the Vols is just like – I mean, we're, we've talked about it for week after week. We are setting records. Like, yeah. they are setting records, I should say, because, I mean, it's it's incredibly efficient, high-powered, and, yeah, I mean, it was uh, – but, but this week, I just think that it's great for them to have the composure to not overlook it. I hope that they keep the gas down the whole time. And uh, we walk out of there as healthily as we can. So I'm, I'm, I feel really confident the more that we've talked about it tonight. Where, you know, they're going to pressure the crap out of Levis and see what they can produce with Rodriguez. And if our defense can, I mean, if they can play average ball and hold them to what 15 to 20 points, this is going to be an easy one, right? That, that's yeah. my perspective. 100. percent And as our boy G mentioned today, he, he 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 gave a pretty good analogy. I just think the defense is a little bit different. Um, he mentioned whenever LSU, the 2019 LSU team, goes out and they had that dominant team, man. That is the most talented offense probably to ever come through. Let's be honest, especially when you look at the NFL talent they've got now. They went and played Auburn, um, and that was like a 24-20 game, I think is what that final was from what I saw earlier. And it was like, man, that's that could be similar, but I just think – that's where because it was the game before their Alabama run, you know, they had and he he put it this way, they had to go slay the dragon. It's kind of the same thing. We got to go slay Georgia. And it's and as he put it, it looks like to me that Auburn team was a little bit more talented. If there's one thing you know about Auburn teams, they've always got some studs on defense. They've always they can always slow it down. And it's similar-ish to this Kentucky. But here's my thing. Again, and I'll and I'll just reiterate kind of what you just said. This Tennessee offense is so damn good mm-hmm. that 
it's hard to even fathom sometimes like, all right, slow down. They're, they're good. They're really good. They're yeah. absolutely top five offenses maybe ever as far as through the first ga- seven games go. Like you, you just have to put it that way. The only man hitting hookers behind in t- passing touchdowns is Peyton Manning in school history. It's just things like that. And you're like, it's hard to even fathom because we have PTSD as ball fans. Right. So it's just this crazy thing. And and as Craig mentioned, like it's the game against Pitt. That was the ugly one. That was the yeah. ugly, like, can we get our shit together with not scoring in the second half? And also to reiterate off of what you said, Hypel just gives this team a whole different mindset. Yeah. And I'm trying to, I mean, I can't even think to the last time that the, I mean, maybe Lane Kiffin where he's offensively, you know, as far as what he can produce and for the, for the Vols to have been within a field goal shot at his time where Terrence yeah. Cody got that kick, but here and now Mount Cody. <laughs> yeah. But I had, had to mention it. Sorry. Um, I'm just thinking though, like for this fan base, for the team to have the confidence in a head coach, like nobody. And then this is what's kind of, you know, freezing cold yeah. takes for the last couple of weeks, like looking for people with receipts of when Hypel was hired. People were just shitting all over the vault. Like, yeah, what are they thinking? But nobody wanted the guy. But look at it. I mean, like, Danny White has picked the right guy, right? I mean, this is working out on so many fronts. And obviously, winning fixes a lot of things. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm, I'm finding myself where I'm buying in more and more to what this team has shown us to be. And it's like that reluctant step. But, um, yeah, I, I feel all the more confident as we've talked about it. I know um, the comments that we've had and bringing up, you know, perspective in some of the places that the Vols have been in the last couple of years and the last decade even as, as well. But I feel confident in this team to go out and, and convincingly, if that's 60 over under, I could easily see the Vols putting up 40 points. I could also see it being 30 to 30 or whatever. You know, it's very tight. So, yeah. I'm not going to hold my breath, but I feel pretty confident the Vols are going to come out with a win. I, I feel very confident. Like, uh, I feel confident in a good W. I don't, the spread's really close because I, I, I think Craig even said it earlier. Like, a backdoor yeah. weird touchdown or something for them to make it close. Tennessee, you know, gets a little ahead of itself, maybe makes a mistake or something dumb. That's how that, that's how they'll get you. Yeah. You know, that's how if you want to go back to the spread point, that's how they'll get you. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll break it up even like two ways here. Uh, the all blacks for Tennessee fan or fraud. Uh, the drip hasn't stopped on those things since they hit social media. And I am, I am 100% in, uh, are we doing fan fraud? Uh, I just uh, want to throw out that one. Okay, I just okay, want okay. to see, I, don't, I want to see what your thought were, thoughts it were. Just, it just felt fan fraud where I'm, I'm 100% in. I, I like the idea of like, Hey, if you're playing this well, this is almost a little bit of a reward for this team to be able to go out and, and floss it up a little bit and have that swag feel. But this is a team that's proven themselves to be able to go out and perform. Like, give them that, but they look freaking incredible to me. What do you think? Uh, I'm a fan, and I am an even bigger fan of the Tennessee social media game is too strong. It is. Like, oh, my gosh, they just kill it every time. I think – this one really, really hurts the old school folks that are kind of getting like, what, you know, they love that we're winning. I've heard it, you know, as a man that goes to a sauna in a, in an old man's gym, um, 
you know, when you go to the YMCA or you go to the sports bar and either one, there's some folks out there that have some questions about this new age of football, you know? Right. right. And uh, I think this was one for the old men that it's their time's over, you know? Yeah. It's, it's we're, we're fast paced. We're scoring points. We don't play a lick of defense sometimes. <laughs> But by God, we got sweet black uniforms, and we're gonna do something cool for Halloween, and I love it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm all for it, and that's why I was curious about the whole checkerboard. Uh, you know, do you think it would have looked good? Do you think the black would have looked good? What I and I think I mentioned this last week. The idea of a jack lantern would be cool, but at the same time, if it's just straight up blackout and it matches what the players are wearing, that's that's pretty much that, that kind of trumps the idea of the checkerboard. But it also, you know. Keeps the white and orange checkerboard kind of in that reverent state of like this is a day game kind of thing maybe you know yeah but it mixes it up where it allows and this is what it says to me if I'm a, if I'm a recruit or a even a student looking at the University of Tennessee that looks fun so and I want much fun I want to be in the stands for that game so it's like yeah it's all those factors that they're probably looking at and saying all right what can we do just having fun baby just doing what the Vols do just doing what they do baby. I was trying to pull up a photo of, of the of the drip of these uniforms. I think they look as clean as can be, especially the black versus the you know the black with the orange lettering versus a you know vice versa. That could be different, but yeah, I'm all for it. But uh, yeah, feeling good about this weekend. Do you want to give us a, a score prediction? Because I've already kind of given mine, even though I feel like it's kind of changed. So I'll throw a, I'll throw a secondary one out here with you if you want to go that route. Um, I said 38 20. I think I'm going to go 30. Yeah. I think I'm gonna go 38-24. Vols don't get in the 30s until the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. And here's what I've thought the last three games now. Hey, the Vols are up by X. They're down by this. It's only the third quarter. Yeah. And this team can do they can pour it on anybody in the country, I feel like. Now I do, I would love to talk to you about Pate's top 10. Because that was a little bit interesting. I don't know what your top ten would be in comparison to his, um, but I'm going to say this as far as score. I said 38 to 17 on Twitter this morning. I could easily see it going that route, even if the Vols were to hit late in the four, you know, low 40s, and then you, they kind of get some garbage touchdowns. Uh, that will be that will be one for the books. Craig Story coming in here saying 38 27 Vols late TD by by Kentucky. For the backdoor cover. Backdoor cover. You know it's going to happen, right? You know it is. You know it. But um, but you want to talk about Pate's top 10? Or is that like... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, for anyone that does not follow the guy, I, I enjoy his his stuff a ton. And I I think he does a wonderful job. He put a top 10 out that had basically had the Vols. What was it? Ohio State won. Georgia was two. Alabama three. Clemson four. The Vols five, right? Yeah. <clears throat> or, Something like that, where the Vols were in the fifth spot after just beating Alabama. Yeah, and I think it was Michigan five. That's who I think it was. Michigan four, Vols five, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what it was. Yeah, you're right. And that's, I mean, I, I'm I'm very intrigued by the matchup of Ohio State Michigan for the for that you know late late game in the year. But I understand where he's saying now, where he put it out, basically saying here here's the neutral sites today if these things were to go, and it it makes me think because. Having at first, and again, tell us what you're thinking. I know Craig's in here. Tell us what you're thinking, man. But to see it at first, like, what are you talking about? But it makes me now sit here and wonder and wish, why are we not doing this every week versus saying, 
here's the rankings based on what has happened, but here's the rankings based on what would happen today, which I'm like, all right, make, you're making me want to tap the vein there now, JP. Like, and I'm I'm kind of for it. So I don't know where you landed if you if you get it, but it's like, man, no thanks. But I I kind of get where he's at. And it, and it seems pretty accurate to me because I haven't watched a ton of Ohio State. I don't know how good they are compared to some of these SEC teams or Michigan, but neutral sites, interesting take on it for sure. Very much so. The Michigan one's the the, the one that gets me. Because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> funny enough, me, Craig, and Chill, and all these guys are sitting there, and we're watching that Michigan-Penn State game. And, yeah, they beat the hell out of them. I get it. <laughs> but they nickeled and dined them to death. And I just don't – I don't know, man. Michigan just doesn't have the wow factor to me. Uh, they're good, um, and maybe they're they're just a win slow kind of team in some yeah. aspects. And I know they can put up some points, but I just also when you watch them, it's a different story. I don't know. They're they're a tough one to me. Um, I do, and this is to the point to the Tennessee Alabama Josh Pate way. For people that haven't seen it, it's they have Alabama ranked ahead of Tennessee, and people are like, well, how could you do that? You know, whenever Tennessee just beat them. Yeah, but think about it this way. Is that what I sound like, Chase? No. Because <laughs> that's no, what I was I, saying all week. <laughs> now I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why I like revert back to uh like Johnson City radio. Uh <laughs> long time listener. Yeah, first time caller, long time listener. I just don't understand that Joshua Pate boy yeah. going up there and having the rankings. When Tennessee went in there and beat Alabama, and he has them ranked ahead of Tennessee. They beat him like a drum. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's why. Because if you were to play on a neutral field, if they were going to Atlanta tomorrow to play in the SEC championship, Alabama would be a slight favorite. Yeah. And if you look at it from a home field perspective, you get three points. Um, Tennessee won by three. And also just about a minute before, uh, literal minute before, yeah. Alabama misses a field goal, which they probably would have made at home and maybe on a neutral site. So there's your possible six point swing. Right. Um, and I and I get you can give me the argument of maybe Tennessee would have gone down and scored just as fast as they would have at that time. Maybe so. Maybe would have gone overtime. Who would have known? But at that time, it's almost a six point swing. That's what we have to go off of. And Alabama would have won by three. So I would have probably say Alabama's a three-point favorite, maybe like a three-and-a-half Vegas zone five, somewhere in that zone. It'll be close, but Alabama would be favored. Ohio State, Georgia, yeah, definitely going to be favored, man. You watch Ohio State, Marvin Harrison's younger son, those boys can flat-out play. If there's somebody that's competing for the Heisman with Hooker, it's CJ Shroud. Those guys are good. They are yeah. the most top to bottom talented team I've seen all year. Um, but once again, we'll see what happens in uh in I guess late late December. Yeah, and I wanted to bring up Craig's comment here is saying Pate just needs to call, not call it a ranking, it's a betters rating. And that's yes. all it is. Michigan is above UT due to history. Vegas has a bias to Michigan Ohio State, which Definitely I mean do. My thing is, is if they're favored is one thing, like like Craig's saying, if these guys actually lined up today, I do wonder of what what, what the outcome would be. I think it would be tight. Obviously, I don't know, though, man. Alabama made a lot of mistakes in that game, and the Vols defense was not wonderful. It was not great, but Bryce Young was phenomenal. Hendon Hooker was phenomenal. 
And that's where it's just like, I think it's just a flip of the coin. And that's where it's hard for me to see a three ranked Alabama team and a five ranked Tennessee team. And I agree with you. Like, yeah, a minute prior to this outcome, they were lined up ready to kick a field goal, but that's football, right? That's what it is. And right, wrong, or indifferent. I mean, I appreciate Pate's perspective as creativity to say, hey, if we look at it this way, all for it. I just love the fact that it just sparks a conversation like this because we all still want to know how good is this Vols team. And if we're talking about the top five, if we're lining up, are, are, are there any top five in, in, in Pate's rating, as, as Craig calls it? Like, how would they fare against all five of those teams? Do you think that they win all five? Do you think they win three out of five? And who are the mm. teams that would be concerned for you in why is it Georgia or Alabama or and Alabama? <laughs> you, know, you know what's weird is, now this is pure stupidity here. I, I do like the matchup against Georgia better than I do Alabama. Um, today. You're talking about today. Today. Yeah. Today. Uh, I, I really, really do believe it. I know it's going to be tough going down to Athens, but I really look at it this way. Where Bryce Young was so, so great against Tennessee, and yet they still pulled it out. I understand. I'll take the home field. I'll go back to my previous statement a few minutes ago. That home field advantage adds so much to that. That's where Alabama's mistakes, that's where Alabama's frustration came from. Bryce couldn't get a snap off sometimes because the center couldn't hear him yell. Yeah. Like that crowd played so much into that game. But. I really, really think that when you compare the offensive talent from Tennessee to Georgia, yeah, I think Georgia's going to get a couple stops. I really do. Yeah. I think they're going to stop Tennessee a couple times. You know, I think Tennessee can stop them too. I don't think they're very great on offense. Yeah. I think they're good. Don't get me wrong. They're they're Georgia, man. They're a factory down there. But yeah. I do like the Tennessee matchup against Georgia better than I do Alabama. So that one I would take. But when it comes down to – I think I would take Tennessee over Michigan. I think I'm close with Craig. I think it's probably a pick em. Um yeah. on some, you know, if they're gonna be playing in Glendale, Arizona, or if they're gonna be playing in, in now if they play in if they play in Atlanta, because of the two that's where the two playoff spots are this year. If they play in Atlanta, I'm probably taking Tennessee. That's gonna be a lot of folks from Knoxville coming down 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 to 75. That's the thing. We travel. Just like Georgia yeah. fans, and I mean, especially a reinvigorated team like this, I, I do agree. And and I'm thinking, you put the exact same scenario of Tennessee Alabama's outcome in the Chick fil in a Chick fil A SEC championship at Mercedes Benz scenario, Bama wins that mm. game. Bama wins that game. Yeah, that, that's a hard one, but um, yeah, we can talk all day about the the oh, so much fun, isn't it? Yeah, but it's like that's where I, and to think in a few years or I don't know a year or two, we're looking at eight teams. Yeah, baby, baby, let's go. It's gonna be so like, much fun. It's it's terrible for student athletes, but it's so fun for us. <laughs> Which it's the old timey gladiator, you know, feel, you know, all that kind of stuff. But oh, um, can you click on Steven's comment real quick here? Yeah. Alabama plays in Death Valley next weekend at night, so that game, which is a game to watch after Tennessee versus Georgia. Yeah, I uh, actually put out a tweet the other day talking about, and I and I totally put this out, kind of even for like my friend's sake. Uh, that was really about it. And it was like, wow, we beat out. I, I guess I said it in this way, but in a tweet. I said, oh, wow, Tennessee and Georgia beat out LSU-Alabama for the 330 game. But in my heart, what that meant was dead gummit because this will be in the two biggest games. And I love you, J.J. Hill. 
Craig Story gave this man more hell than anybody. But the two biggest games, maybe in my freaking millennium lifetime here, are going to be where I'm at weddings. Yeah. And I will be in Charleston, South Carolina at the gayest <laughs> wedding possible, the most bougie <laughs> wedding I've ever been to. You got to dress up in a tux. It's going to be a blast. But I'm going to be sitting on my phone at some spots <laughs> because I'm having to be at a wedding because these Degum oh, yeah. 330 games, I was really hoping that would be the night game. I wanted nighttime in Athens because that could be an easy sailing. But another 5 o'clock wedding that I got to be at for a 330 <laughs> big-time game. You're so, just too popular, dude. You're just you're, you're just too good of a guy. Well, I don't know these people that well, to be honest. I've just yeah. know, I know them through a phone because they're Hannah's friends. But you know gotcha. what, Charleston, South Carolina will be awesome. But Dad, going to be on another phone game. Hey, you know what? We make it work, man. We make our commitment work out here. And so I um I don't I don't, I want to look around college football this weekend too, Chase, with you because I feel yeah. there are some pretty solid games as far as some um just you know. In general, Big Ten games, obviously. Um, Ohio State, Penn State we've talked about. Let me see if some other ones throughout what you're seeing too, Chase, because I think there are – trying to see. Yeah, the Georgia-Florida game, I think Georgia's going to smack the the paint off of their face. <laughs> I do too. Um, I actually saw a funny, funny meme today of Florida coming out with their usual uniforms up top, and they're wearing jorts, and they're Daisy Duke, so they're they're coming out. Uh, Georgia, yeah, I think Georgia, like you're saying, mentally, I, I, I wonder how Georgia's feeling about this game just because of obviously the rivalry. But do you think they could spend all their energy, you know, like, you know, just rhetorically asking the question, do they get so hyped up this week that it could exhaust them going into next week? But the Vols are also kind of doing a similar, you know, type of, you know, that they're going to win most likely. Yeah. But could it, could they, you know, kind of be, uh, poured out a little bit i guess going into next week but um yeah. i'll be definitely watching that game for sure though yeah i i agree with you because here's what tennessee needs to happen this is the largest cocktail party in the world they're gonna be sitting in jacksonville having a great time um i think that georgia needs to win it needs to be a close game both teams just play their heart out and then boys in georgia just have a great time on Saturday night. You know, they're still reeling next Saturday. That's what you need. You need a little bit of partying too hard, you know? A few too many mm -hmm. cocktails, if you will. <laughs> That's what you need. Get you worn out that way. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean, I, I don't know, man. That's the kind of game for me. I, Georgia allowing 22 from Kent State and then Missouri. I don't know if Florida's that team to do it. But you know what? Maybe they come in all pissed off if they were to lose this weekend, but I would love nothing more than to see Georgia lose just for the sake of mixing up this crazy beehive of this college football playoff landscape, you know? Yeah. I think, <laughs> so. I think about the only, I mean, the 330 slate is really good. Um, with, with Florida, Georgia, and then Oklahoma State, Kansas State. That, that's yeah. for the two. Oklahoma State. Good win last week, man. That was a, that was a good one for them over Texas. There's a couple that, that that conference is weird. Um, you know, you thought Texas was gonna be it, Oklahoma State still coming out, Kansas State, TCU's by far the best in that conference, it seems like. It's it's good stuff. There's there's a lot of teams fighting, dude. And I it's a it's a fun year to have big, big time schools up top. Yeah. 
but there's some sneaky ones still around. And Oregon looked really good last week against the UCLA team that's got like an average age of 45. They have like 26 trans. I, that's the only. This is the stat that I heard. This is one of those. I've watched UCLA a couple times. I like watching Chip. See what happens out there. But this is another one where you look at it and you're like, man, it's Bo Nix. He's played really well, so I, I can't make that face yeah. anymore. But you ever hear those stats online or in a snippet or on a show, and it's like, man, UCLA's got 20 guys that are transfers that are over the age of 21. You're like, oh, that's right. That's experience. That's leadership. I'm going to bet on those guys. You ever do that? You're like, that's that's the stat I'm going to roll off of. <laughs> no. Well, that's the crap that I do because I'm dumb. Because I'm dumb and I bet on UCLA and they got their ass beat. That's the kind of stuff that I do. And it, that's why I deleted my that's why I deleted my betting apps this week is because I was like, quit chasing your freaking tail, man. Yeah. You know, you know, you've watched UCLA for like a total of 38 minutes this whole freaking Let it season. Out. Get it all out, baby. Let's go. So I deleted my apps this week because I'm not gambling because I'm chasing my tail. I'm not losing a lot of money, but I'm losing a lot of pride. I used to be good at this. I was great at this for the first four weeks, and I've just become hot garbage. I'm not good at this anymore. So I'm quitting for a week. I'm going to bow. I lost so, trade with. I'm so <laughs> proud of you, Jason. Thanks, Oh, buddy. God, that was hilarious, man. Thank you. I feel like you just had a legitimate moment of just full on. Just I like needed stretching. that. I really, I really needed that. Ooh, I needed that. I'm glad that we all went there together. And uh, for anybody that's still watching with us, thank you for staying. Oh my goodness! No, but I I wanted to mention Bo Nix because that yeah that matchup for him and I thought you were going the direction as far as seeing stats about you know Bo Nix is putting up some really good numbers yeah Mariota put up similar numbers at this point in the season when he won the Heisman but there is just so much freaking talent in the league right now because mm -hmm. again like as much as we want to say Hendon Hooker Heisman they're literally still could be two or three guys. You know, and it's, it's, I feel like it's usually that one or two guys, you know, those two guys that's like, this dude's going to win it. It might be close with this guy, but a lot of football left. I don't think Bo Nix is going to take it, but it's just interesting to see how well he's played since what the first Georgia, you know, shellacking that we saw, right? We all wrote him off, didn't we? We all we wrote, wrote him off. That's what we're saying. Like, I mean, you have yeah, to yeah. kind of eat your words and take it back because we all did it of like, man, you know, Oregon just, Oregon's out here to play, right? And it's yep. you, you can't sleep on them. And as we all know, and this is the thing about you know to bring up Pate's rate rating or versus ranking is like this. By the time that these teams would still line up, there's so much football to play. There's so many things that could happen that the neutral site, the hypotheticals are great, but it's like you just never know until they are are at the day and time because any of these teams at the top five right now are going to continue to get better. And just finesse what they're already doing and get more repetitions and all that stuff. But I fully anticipate the Vols being one of those teams. And it's just interesting to see how this whole thing could could shake out. Because we look, you know, that Michigan team, when they play Ohio State, how does that look? Oklahoma State getting some good wins. Wake Forest just creeping in there. You know, Clemson's obviously going to be around. So it's like, man, let's just shake the beehive up and let's let's see what happens. But Oregon is a team that does, you know, Maybe they'll make the playoff, but maybe they'll be get smacked. But uh, that's my two cents on the on the on the grand scheme of college football. And I think there is so much so much happening. It's it's addicting to sit here and watch it for sure. So 
It is. It's because of, and I know we're fixing to roll into the NFL real quick, but to roll off that point, college football has been so good this year. And with the NFL scoring being down, it's made Saturday a little bit more fun for me again. Like I've all, I've been an NFL guy for a while. And yeah, yeah, I'm sure I know Tennessee's production like has been a part of it, but I've also been like, even in the shitty years for Tennessee, like I've been, I've been there. I'm going to watch every Saturday. I'm not going to miss. And I'll still watch Carolina and things like that. There's always been those things for me, but this year's just been a lot better. There's just a lot of talent. It's more fun. There's some good ranked matchups, teams you weren't expecting to be ranked. You know, it's like, oh, well, there's, you know, TCU and Kansas State. I'll watch that one, you know? And so there's a lot of a lot of fun stuff there. And with scoring being down in the NFL, I think it's actually turned me to be more of a college guy. In 2022. We'll see. Steven Snyder comes out here saying, I would love to see the Vols in the playoffs, but the Sugar Bowl would also be awesome. Um, which made Islands. me think, which made me think if if you were to choose, and this is maybe a different topic for a different day, but if you have the Titans and the Super Bowl or the Vols and the Natty. Oof. Oof. Which we don't have to we don't have to go there right now. You know, just a hypothetical. Just hypothetical. But I agree with what you're saying. Like college football has been great, and I and I'm I am that guy of like, hey, the Titans. I grew up in Nashville, kept up with the Vols, but they've been bad my whole life, and the Titans are kind of rolling out of a bad slump here. Um, but yeah, loving it, man. Freaking loving what we're happening. Obviously, we're we're learning how it goes with betting. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we're all, we're all on the same journey here. But um, <clears throat> anyways, yeah, we'll move to some NFL conversation because a lot to happen, uh, or a lot has happened this week with the Titans. The Bills, everybody's getting new stadiums now, and we're all comparing and contrasting how our stadiums look compared to these Ooh. conceptual, uh, conceptual uh, designs. But I uh, I wanted to try something here. I'm going to try and pull up just a view of the Tennessee Titans website. Let me throw this branding off of here, and you can see behind. Um, let me get this right here. There we go. But this beautiful shot, just for Chase and I probably to look at here, of the outside of this concept. Chase, does this thing look like a football stadium to you? Because I feel like everyone's complaining about how this thing's not like – it looks like a food city or like a, or a Whole Foods or I think John Lawrence threw out the beautiful idea of a of a top golf. It yeah, it like, looks it looks like a top golf. yeah. But what uh, do you think of this thing, man? Is this thing like where, – where are you at with it? I think it looks great. Yeah. But it does look like a top golf out front. When PJ Memes put that one out today, I freaking loved it. I was like, that's so perfect. But I, I, whenever they spoke about the design, yeah, I was worried it was going to look really ugly because they talked about a weird dome shape, whole thing like that. I was like, what are they talking about? But on the inside, you cut down a few seats, yes, but it still looks so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of the players aren't a big fan of the turf part, Comes the territory, I guess, but I think it looks awesome. And if they add all the additions, like we talked about last week, with the fan zone and that whole stuff, like the tailgate area, that's gonna be so sick, you know? It is, and that's where I feel like this thing. And because I've seen the opinions of, you know, it looks this way. This is not just a football stadium. Yes, obviously, it holds a football stadium, and it can seat that, and they can perform there. But it's also the concert venue. It's also the college football playoff venue college basketball it's like this that's thing, the big one yeah, yeah it, but it's all of those events where it's like now nashville has the, the facility to do it which i mean i've loved how amy adams strung even today listening to her talking to mike keith about the kind of the concept previews 
it's good for the city of Nashville, for Metro County, but it's good for the state of Tennessee because it brings in so much revenue for the state. And I'm just thinking that thing, if if they go through with all of that, and I've seen people say, oh, I'd like to see some brick where it looks a little bit more worn like downtown Nashville does. But look at that damn thing. I mean, it, it even the inside where <laughs> I love the Titans putting the stiff arm of Josh Norman on, on the jumbo truck. Yeah, Chris Horton showed that. Showed that yeah. like, God oh, but this looks like we're walking into the <clears throat> Titan version of Mercedes-Benz and, and SoFi. And yeah. We can nitpick about the look on the outside, but whenever that thing's full and that energy's there and we're having those big games, they're, they're for sure going for turf. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it. That's the yeah. one thing, man. And I, I get it's hard to maintain grass in Tennessee, especially like, remember some of those years where that, that field looked horrible. Yeah. That was, yes, yeah, just- it's not Chicago, but it's, pretty damn close yeah so all that to say I, I i love the concepts and i'll i cannot wait to see it i think they're is it 26 27 they're shooting for this thing yeah i think they're really wanting 26 but they're like we're not gonna make this thing suck so yeah. exterior terraces and porches for panoramic view of nashville the, the outside glass stuff with even so and the raiders i think looks clean as hell yeah i to a lot of birds but yeah <laughs> so just to mention that, but then on the other hand, you have the Bills Stadium, which is open air, which I don't know why you go through all that trouble in Buffalo when you're going to have, I mean, one, this is something that Zach Lyons and Braden Gall were talking about on the football show with the, with 440 Sports. I was actually in there listening to them today at work, but um, talking about how, you know, you have you have the exterior outdoor elements coming into a stadium like that in that area. Why not? But there ain't nothing else happening in Buffalo that's going to have the type yeah. of impact that 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 Nashville's going to see um, for this one. Last year after the Music City Bowl, it field looked bad. Yes, yeah, I mean that it did. So yeah, and Craig coming in the turf. They went with the turf, and the grass is bad there because it's it's next to the river. It's a floodplain, and it's just impossible to grow good grass. A great point, Craig coming off the the top for me this week with Pate's ranking. Yeah, now, now some grass knowledge, but shout um, out to those engineers, you know. Gotta love it, man. Gotta love it. But um, yeah, I, I love the concepts. I love if it's gonna be what is it in the parking lot kind of area that they're at with with Nissan right now. And then I'm curious to see if they're gonna try and tie in something with the Nashville Stars, the MLB kind of I you know yeah idea, whatever's happening there. And then if they try and go full battery, you know, do they have other venues and bars come around this stadium and just make it the mecca on that side of the river? Um, so a ton of, of possibilities there. We could probably talk about it all night, but let's talk about this big topic because this one's been a big one this week from several angles. And it makes sense at first at the, at the headline read, you're thinking this is the stupidest thing you can see, but the Titans, in my opinion, Chase should be starting Malik Willis. If Ryan Tannehill is less than 70% ready to go. Where are you at with that conversation, that debate? I mean, is it worth it? How do you, how do you see it, and where are you at? Yeah, I, I will say this: Tanny better be hobbling because Malik's got a long ways to go, in my opinion. Yeah. Um. But it, yeah, I dude, you can't play him if he was anywhere close to what he was doing at the end of the game last week. You can't do that to the guy. You got a Texans team that you you got to go out there with Malik probably and figure out a way to win it. You got a you got a you got a gauntlet coming up. I don't care. I know some of these teams are reeling, but they're still 
it's still the Green Bay Packers. It's still the Kansas and the Kansas City Chiefs are not really, but you have the Chiefs, you have the Packers, you have you're going to Green Bay, you have Cincinnati. You got to run, man. And your Texans team is it's not a bye week. It's any given Sunday. I get that. But it's your only shot really to win without Tanny. So you got to hope Tannehill gets healthy. But if he's not, I'm with you. I think you got to start Malik Willis this week and play a lot of run ball. Yeah, well, and I want to credit Tyler Rowan from, from Tic Tac Titans. He, that's his handle on on, uh, on Twitter. But Locked on Titans does an incredible job putting out daily content. So good, man. Yeah, so awesome job there. Does some film breakdown as well. But he, he is the initial person I saw this from. And, at, again, at surface level, it sounds ridiculous, but as you as you kind of see the the energy or sorry the injury that Tannehill had, even if he's not you know if he, if he can go, still it's like this defense for the Texans is so bad, and if Nate Davis is coming back this week, which we're seeing him work on the sideline, it's like steadily getting some people back, and I, and we said it during the game last week when we were at tailgate last last Sunday. This team's different on defense when Bud Dupree lined up because he looked better Ooh. off the edge. And I'm just thinking if the Titans can get their offensive line halfway decent this week and they can run that ball, Malik would, would not have to do a ton. No. Excuse me. But, um, but yeah, I, I just see kind of as they can shuffle like Vrabel can do. I mean, they can they can use what they have right now, but also exploiting their, their defense or the, uh, the opponent's defenses and things like that. But – but even if Tannehill could go, I would still be open to the idea of them arresting him simply for the sake of just, hey, let's think about the future. Because, again, we, the Titans, and this is something I was looking at today. Week one, Daniel Jones, right? Yeah. Josh Allen with the Bills. David Carr, which 24-22, you know, it was, he, he threw all over the Titans that day. Colts, Commanders, Colts again. So in the last three or four weeks, they have not seen a really good quarterback. This week we're going to see what? Uh, Davis Mills. Yeah, Davis Mills, and that's don't sleep on the guy, but he's not going to, you know, make anybody lose no, their job. Their offensive line's not good enough to do anything for you, right? But we're going to go through all these weeks of bad quarterbacks, and then all of a sudden, our secondary is going to be prepared next week for Patrick Mahomes. That's Sunday, right on Sunday night too. Yeah. So my my thing is the advantage there is is get your quarterback as healthy as possible. So when you line up, he's actually a threat and not well. We saw him last week against the Texans getting his, you know, getting hobbled off the field again. Cause yeah, I think it's, a, I think it's a chess move that Vrabel probably has thought about for three weeks and already foresaw it yeah. before Dana Hill was even hurt. But I'm kind of leaning and we, we saw, I think, I think according to A to Z sports today that Malik Willis did take the majority of team of first team reps just cause they were resting Tannehill. Yeah. Pra- yeah. And he's not even practicing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So very limited, but I mean, I, I know that you and I are kind of on the same page with Malik of like the guy's got a long way to go, but let's see how how it is. And th- I think this would be that type of game to capitalize on the ability to give Tannehill a week because you're already injury played in this. I mean, you have what thirteen guys on IR right now, and I think the Colts have like That's what crazy. six. Yeah, other teams have four, five, maybe six players, and we have double that. So, yeah. Uh, Craig's story coming through saying, Can Derrick Henry throw it? Not asking for any particular reason, yeah. Uh, see what yeah. happens, just wildcat the whole game, yeah. So, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. It's 
a game time decision type of feel where they could call it, but I won't be shocked if Malik Willis is, is out there. I just want to make sure he can catch every handoff uh, for obvious reasons after last week because that was not fun. So that was ugly. Um, yeah. Let's. I know we're getting on our hour here. I, I, I want to get your thoughts as far as how you know how you see this game kind of going because I think a lot of what's been out there with this conversation of a bad run defense for the Texans. Henry's coming along. You have the ability just to line it up, put two tight ends out there, get you a jumbo package, and just run the damn ball down their throats. But how do you see it going, Chase? I I, I kind of feel like it's going to be Malik starting at this point. I kind of feel like that way. So here's what I'm going to say. Come Monday, there are going to be people being like, should we just start Malik? Mm-hmm. Because I think that he's gonna. I think they're gonna come up with a really fun game plan. I've, we've seen this from one-off quarterbacks before, where they go out there. Kenneth Walker last week got his not Kenneth Walker. Yeah, his last name is Walker uh, for the for the Panthers. Did the same thing. He's gonna have. I think Malik goes out there might have a two touchdown. Yeah, nineteen for twenty six. Nineteen for twenty five. Maybe maybe like 190, 200, has a good throw or two, does some athletic stuff, gets 55 on the ground. And like, wow, he can do what Tanny does. Right. And the controversy and it, starts. And the controversy starts because they blow out the Texans. I think they win. I guess, well, it's a Titans blowout. They're going to win ugly somehow. <laughs> I think it's like 24 to 6. Really? Yeah, I think it's. I think they dominate up front. I think Bud and them get after it. I could see that happening for sure. Um, I I could see it going that way, and I really honestly would not be shocked to see them win 27-24. Oh, you you think it's actually gonna be a close one? But I I don't know that I think that I I if I were to say here's how I would bet I think the Titans are gonna cover. I think they're gonna win. What is what is the spread and all that right now? I don't know if you haven't pulled up. Oh, I don't know. I, I yeah, because I was wondering what they're gonna do. Spread right now is minus two and a half for the Titans, which that seems that that makes me think they're they have the league starting. You know, Vegas is leaning that way. I think the over if over under is at 40 and a half, which yeah, that 2020 Maybe I could see that happening if that over under oh, that, right that sounds more like Titans Texans right there. Right, but that's what I'm saying. But, Look at the last year for what the Steelers game that we should have won last year, the, the Texans game last that we should have won. I mean, if they put Malik out there and they come out with a loss, I think now is the type of time that you can afford a loss because this division's kind of getting in the in the position. Not that you're trying to lose or you, you know, it, it, if we're gonna risk the biscuit, this is probably the week to do it to, for the sake of getting your quarterback healthy for when we have Mahomes coming to town. And let's see what the other schedule here is, uh, you know, Broncos, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and obviously, you know, Bengals losing Jamar Chase for four to six weeks, apparently today. So I want Tannehill as healthy as possible. And my concern is on the other side of this hypothetical of the controversy starting, if they put Malik Wilson out there and he, Willis and he looks like trash, then John Robinson's a garbage GM all over again. He needs to just trade yeah. all the picks. He's, you know, it's like that's where decisions, decisions for the Tennessee Titans this week. And I, if I'm going to gamble, if I'm John Robinson, give me some Malik Willis. And I want to talk about this too. I know we're getting, I don't know if we want to go a ton past the hour, but this trade deadline, man, 
my my expectations maybe i'm just like a creature of habit and i see the pattern the titans have developed where even if they were to get a player it's all it's all a risk with free agency with draft with with all of it right but yep. where i'm at today the offensive line has to get better that's the first priority for me. Obviously, busting with the boys, putting out the controversial, you know, headline or whatever you want to call it about OBJ having int- apparent interest in the, in the Tennessee Titans. To stir that pot, boys. Yes. So, and there's in Teron Davenport and several other people in the community have talked about uh, Del- Del- uh, Dillard or Dillard, the offensive tackle that's behind Jordan Mailata and in, in Philly, yeah. could be a, could be a target. Go get that guy and give him everything that you can. Sign Odell Beckham. I like the idea of Chris Conley, even though he's not what you want. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that Cody Hollister got a roster spot over Josh Gordon. I just felt the, the footage of Josh Gordon looked quicker, you know, in his in his yeah. route and things like that. But I, that's one of those I want to know what's going on there. Yeah. Like what's what's going on? Is he just like one of those guys like ah, I can look good like in a on a tape, but don't do anything outside. I, I don't get that. Do you? Yeah. No, I mean, I. it's the same thing with Austin Hooper. They just paid a guy $10 million to come in here and block and have one game with three catches for 56 yards, and we're all thinking he's Delaney Walker. You know, people are just like, finally, he's coming about. It's like, what? Trade he's, this guy, in my yeah. opinion. He's been – he's done – he has to do this way more consistently. And he did look good. He got us a, a great first down and a couple other big catches. And But if he didn't make that one acrobatic catch – He's it's got the, he's, he's he did have the one juke out first down that was big early on. I'm just thinking, but it's I'll give him that. But yeah, but I'm not one game on a Sunday. One, I, I I want to see more Chig than any other tight end on the team right now. 100. Which he lined up at H back and you know did pretty well. But I mean, I think he's the guy that you're going to push your chips on. And it, I know that that position's not incredibly deep at all. But if you're going to no. make a move. Free up some money and see if you can bring in an offensive lineman or entice somebody like an OBJ to come in. And, you know, I want to get Craig's take here as far as uh, his comment on Facebook saying, in the defense of the tight ends, they are forced to block more with us not having any pass blocking at all. 100%. I know, uh, which obviously ties up running backs as well. Yeah. But we saw, I mean, Tannehill couldn't get the ball out because there was two to three seconds of passing time and he's getting it in his face, which, you know, for this weekend, I'm trying to think of – I couldn't tell you a defender now that Whitney Merciless is no longer with that team. I couldn't tell you a defender. It's tough down there, dog. <laughs> I it's really – I'm going to try and just see if I can find somebody who's leading in tackles for that team. Yeah, give me some names. I'm sure there's there's somebody. I'm just thinking. Uh, we already have Zach Cunningham, which is another guy that would always bug us. Uh, yeah, let me see here. Statistically speaking, obviously, you know, uh, Damian Pierce is having a good year. Jonathan Owens is leading in tackles. Jalen Petrie, safety, is leading in two picks. Oh, Stingley Jr. Stingley, right. But that's a, you know, yeah. first overall pick. Desmond King's down there. Hey, what's up to our to our former Tennessee Titan? Uh, Man, anyway. he was another one I thought was actually going to be really, really, really good. For was us. The, remember that was it? Wasn't he the guy we traded from the Chargers? Yes. Yeah, I mean, he, I, I thought he did well enough. I mean, to to keep a spot. Yeah, who the hell is Jonathan Owens? Uh, we'll have our research team. Blake's actually off tonight, so we'll have to have our full research team back next week to, to research. He was a uh, big time player of at Missouri West College. 
Yep. 5'11", 5'11", 2'10". Yeah. So, all that to say, hopefully, if it's Tannehill or if it's Malik, they can light up whoever is lining up this week. Yeah. Uh, or they can light them up as far as defense. Um, But I, I forgot where we were going with all this stuff. But, but I have Texas. just like, yeah, little to no concern as far as the, the, the defense. I think it's one of those games that – um. Yeah, I think the Titans could go it could go either way, which I don't want to be redundant. Way. But to get back into the the trade, you know, trade talk and things like that. If if they're gonna if they're gonna do it, which I know John John Robinson's stigma or, or the the reputation he has, he's just never gonna overpay somebody or for somebody or even in compensation. But when you're seeing receivers, I forget who it was traded yesterday for like a sixth round pick. Like these are some of the guys that are coming out and Robert Quinn going. It's like Titans. Like what if we're gonna do it right now? And I'm curious to see if the if the Titans are gonna push their chips in, make some moves if they can, because obviously they they can control what they can control and if the deals come through. But I think the Titans could cash it in this week, maybe continue having the success they're having. But I feel like this is still a, a team that if we hit the playoffs, and the, here's the real test. Let's see here. In a few weeks, the Titans have the Philadelphia Eagles coming through, which will be really interesting to see. As probably, I mean, they're the best team in football, not just by record, but how, how do they compare to the, the the Bills? And I watched a lot of all three teams. I will say this: I think the Bills are still one. <sighs> I like a lot of what Philly's doing, but. I still think they're kind of like maybe to be at best. And I think the Chiefs, especially when they play right, man, they, they averaged like 20-something yards of play last week or something crazy. <laughs> they're they're just so dominant when they get rolling. And I think I still think it's the Chiefs at number two. I think Josh Allen and the Bills are number one. And the Philadelphia Eagles are right there at number at two. And they're 2B or 2.5 or 3, you know, I guess whatever. But they are – they're close. But to your point, though, adding Quinn now and then the Chiefs getting Kadarius Tony from the Giants, the rich are getting richer, and it's like these great players, these, these not these great players, I mean these these great teams making moves. are getting better, and they're making moves. Like, do things like that. That's these – it's small moves. It's getting a guy like Tony who can be very versatile. It's a guy yeah. that, you know, if you're getting dude, Robert it, Quinn who's – had 18 sacks with two different teams. Nobody's ever done that. And he's, he's still at a freaking the age, monster. He's yeah. at the age where he's still putting it out. And if, if the Kadarius Tony thing works, that's like the the I don't know. I don't want to say oh, poor man's yeah. version of, of Tyreek, but it's like that could be. He was. That's another he's with the Giants. Yeah, just I mean, but the interesting thing in the rankings, according to ESPN right now, overall percentage, I guess by. Let's see, difference uh, differential, and then a por- points for and against there. Philly's at number one. <clears throat> the New York Giants are at number two. Wow. Buffalo Bills. This is like a not, not a pate take, but it's a it's just an interesting shakedown. Vikings, Chiefs, Jets, Cowboys, and then Titans. So didn't anticipate the Chief, the Jets being in there. Giants, Vikings, head, head scratching. But um, yeah, I'm intrigued to see what the Titans can do leading up into this week, and then Chiefs, and then that that Eagles game is going to be fun to watch for sure. Anything else you want to talk about NFL as far as uh, before we close this out? 
No, I think that's good, man. We've just got to, cool. it's going to be a good run and we got Sunday, baby. Four, yeah. four Oh five at tailgate, beautiful brewery. tailgate brewery. Yeah. So if you're in Chattanooga, Tennessee and the surrounding area, find the Chattanooga Titans fans fan group on Facebook. You can also find them on Twitter at chat Titans fans, Instagram as well. Have all the details, but tailgate brewery right next to the Chattanooga choo choo in, Ch- in Chattanooga, Tennessee, we will be hosting our watch party at I believe it'll be it'll start at three and then four or five kickoff. So come early, get your seats. Uh, RSV RSVP if you can, just for the sake of headcount, because great setup, but it it could get packed, especially if we have a big crowd, which yes. I mean, should be a good Titans win, but we will see. Uh, but to close this one out, I'm Trey Wynn. Find me anywhere at Trey Wynn on Twitter, Instagram, MC Green four two three for my guy Chase Green here. Make sure if you're on YouTube, if you're watching with us anywhere, subscribe, follow the page on YouTube, and then obviously thumbs up if you don't mind. But appreciate everybody's interaction. Uh, And again, we'll be back, what is it, Monday next week. And we're going to try and keep these live shows going. So pretty, pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Say good ones, baby. Chase, uh, appreciate you, man. And I will see you guys next time. Let me fire this video, and we'll see you. Have a great night. See you, guys.